Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, we're going like a bat out of hell on this one today. Paying homage. Meatloaf passing away at the age of 74. Bob Stoffer, Cody Jansen with you. Just before we go to Mark Spector for the horses and horse race in Alberta, Tyler has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, said, Bob, people are angrily, angry and rightfully so, but people throwing jerseys on the ice, that's the equivalent of people that go to a peaceful protest who start fires and loot. Hmm. Interesting. I recall being in the stands in the lower bowl in the mid-1980s. And there was about a 22 or 23-year-old fella. And uh, this is when the Oilers, I think it was during the 84-85 season. So Edmonton had a pretty good team that year. And this guy started chirping Glenn Sather. And about a 60-year-old guy got up. And he was, you know, 6 foot, 220. And the guy in the mid-20s was probably about 5'10 and 170. <laughs> the 6 foot 2 guys, that's like 60 years of age. Man. Right out of Bob Barker and Happy Gilmore. He grabs this kid, looks at him, and goes, that's what you're going to say? He goes, yeah, what are you going to do? And the guy dropped him in the stands. Like, I was 18 at the time, and like, holy cow, that guy had old man power. I'm not suggesting that's what you need either, but there is fan reaction. Uh, You can text us at any time, 780-496-0063. Bob, you and Mark were going at it on uh, Tuesday. We need some entertainment. We need you guys to do the same today. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women uh, in the horse racing industry. And a reminder, live Standard Red Racing 115 Saturdays at Century Mile. Welcome back to the show, Mark Spector. How you doing? Oh, doing pretty well. Bobby, weekend's upon us here almost. And, uh, you know... You're all argued out, so we could move on. <laughs> I'm all argued out. Yeah, it's tense time. I moved on the next away. day. I moved on the next day. So let's get right to it, uh, Mark. There's a lot of exasperation here. Uh, where do you think the majority of the focus is on a Friday coming off the heels of a 6 nothing victory? Where do you think the majority of the focus is from our Texers right now on the Ashley Fine Flores text line? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's a lot of places to point that gun. Um, I'm going to say that, you know, it's, I still saw a team that was in a pretty good battle until the other team scored a couple of three goals and two of them nobody liked. So I'm going to say that, you know, the, the goaltending is still the primary issue here. I feel, I honestly, I, I feel for Miko Costa. I wrote a piece the other day, you know, it's, he's been put in a spot that's not fair to him. Uh, he's just, and, and the pressure is really high and he doesn't, he's not getting any run support and it's a bad spot, but it might not be completely Miko fault, uh, Koskinen's fault, but it's one entirely his problem right. at this point. All right. So here's a, right. here's a sampling of the text. Here we go. 
Uh, Bob, Ken Holland has no idea what value per cap dollar is. It's embarrassing that the Oilers have the highest paid GM in the league who uses gut analytics and rudimentary analytics in his decision making. It will certainly be known in the guide in Reckerberg how well Holland operated in the cap era. The text goes on to say, I wonder if Daryl Cates feels like he's getting the best managerial decisions in the league because that's what he's paying for. What's a better front office? Chris McFarland and a robust analytics department for $5 million per year, or Ken Holland and his legacy memories of Detroit uh, for five sheets per year? That's today, like spec, part of the narrative, uh, and I know Ryan Rashog mentioned this on Twitter, has been about the uh, goaltending. Uh, we've got people, Alame just came on and said, that, wait a sec here, the team's way too easy to play in front of the goaltending, so it's a reflection of the makeup of the players. Uh, you know, I could say, well, they didn't have Nugent Hopkins, they didn't have Hyman. Oh, by the way, they're counting on Holloway and Archibald way back on uh, July 28th, but the reality of the situation is everybody in the league has had to deal with injuries and COVID this year, so that's sort of a dubious thing when you go 2-11-2, and two. and Edmonton's had an 856 save percentage over the last 15 games, which circles back to the goaltending. All of the above, what would you say? Well, that's it. It is all of the above, right? I mean, I don't care who plays goal. They didn't score a goal last night unless they changed some scoring decision, right? So, you know, you don't score any goals. I don't care. You could have three guys playing net. If they let one in, you lose. So that's an issue. They're way too soft to play against. Uh, Zach Cassian is, you know, they. Unfortunately for him, he's a, a he's their toughest forward, and you know he doesn't have a lot of backup in that role. But he's also completely gone AWOL for a, a, such a long time now that I don't even know who's skating around in number 44 anymore. Like I don't. When's the last time he put a glove in someone's face? Like, you know, this is like it's like if Leon Drysaitel took the one timer out of his game and he said, "That's okay, I'll do everything else." Right? No. Yeah. If Zach Cassian takes his toughness out of his game, there is no everything else. So he gets a massive finger pointed at him. And it goes from there. Jason Berry wasn't very good last night. There's no question about that. Uh, Miko Koskinen, we didn't like much last night. And by the way, 97 and 29, how's their production been lately? Not so good. So we, listen, there's a big fat scattergun, Bob. It can go in all directions. All right. Uh, well, what's your solutions, Mark? Well, I don't think it's there's any, there's any change coming in time for Saturday night. I think. Mean, I think Ken Holland needs to find a, just a different guy to put in net here pretty quick. Uh, you know, I know we saw. I'm sure that Elliot spoke to uh, his his interest in a Martin Jones or maybe a Braden Holtby out there. Just someone that's on an expiring contract that can give you a change of, change of scenery. Miko is. I think it's over for Miko here. Um, that's a place to start. You know, I don't I don't see him firing his coach until he gets a goalie to help the coach a little bit because it's awfully hard to fire a guy when his principal issue is your fault. So that's tough. Um, and then I'll say this to you. They got Calgary coming in. It can be a really good thing tomorrow night. You know, a win against Calgary is like almost like a three-point game when you're the Edmonton Oilers right now. However, if Calgary beats you the way Florida beat you last night, it's three times worse than if the Panthers do it to you. Yeah, absolutely. Rob Insurer at Park has asked, Spec, what's the latest, uh, speaking of grit, what's the latest on Evander Kane? Uh, even after a suspension, what do you think of playing in Canada again? Well, we don't even know if he's going to get suspended. Let's establish that right now. 
Uh, what is uh, I'm led to believe that uh, the resolution from the league won't be coming till early next week, and that the Oilers still remain in the mix. Have you heard anything otherwise? Yeah, that's what that's what we're hearing is perhaps this weekend. Someone said to me that you know it is the kind of news that the league might drop on a Friday night at six o'clock news drop, uh, but the expectation is we'll find out early next week what sort of suspension gets levied to Vander Kane, and it is after after that, Bob, and only after that, that you know, teams, including the Edmonton Oilers, will start to, to get back in line and make a pitch for this guy. I think if he takes a you know, look at how does the NHL usually work? If they catch it, if you if they give you ten games for a, a knee, and you go out and knee a guy right away again, they tend to give you more than ten games. So he got twenty one games for his COVID uh, exploits back in training camp, and if that turns out to be the offense again, does it turn out to be more than twenty one games, Bob? I absolutely don't know. Yeah, uh, you know what we're gonna do here, Mark. We're gonna put you on hold because I want to run a clip. Uh, Cody, we'll do this on the fly here. Reed has uh, put it in, quote-unquote, Halsey. And it's Warren Fogle today was asked about the criticism of Dave Tippett and Miko Koskins. So, Cody, if you could, could you play that for us at this time? Well, we do not have it, okay? I, 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 we'll, we'll try to get to that towards the end of the interview. We, we do have it now, so here it is. This is Warren Fogle. He, did, uh, he and Colton Sevier did the availability today after I thought that Darnell Nurse and, and Duncan Keith did a real good job last night. But just from today's audio, Warren Fogle on the criticism of Tippett and Koskinen. Yeah, I think it's unfair, to be honest. Like, you know, we win, we win as a team and we lose as, as a team. It's kind of what I said before. It's, it's, it's unfair just to blame one guy, you know. We're all responsible on the ice. All six guys that are on the ice that make a mistake, we're all responsible together. So, um, you know, we're a team and, and, and we're here to win and you just can't be pointing fingers and, and saying, oh, it's that guy's fault, this guy's fault. Like, it doesn't work like that. That's not how you win. There you go. Uh, again, you can test us at 780-496-0063. <laughs> Oh, crazy stuff. What do you think of that, Spec? Well, I asked him the question, right? There's a ton of pressure on those two people, Dave Tippett and Miko Koskinen. And, and, you know, I asked him how the team's mates respond to that. And, you know, yeah, that's the, what you want to hear a team guy say is it's everybody out there. And that, that's the, you know, that's what you're supposed to say. But, it's you know, the reality of this thing is, is Miko Koskinen's teammates are watching him like a hawk and they're just there with their fingers crossed. And the minute the first goal goes in, they go, oh boy, you know, we knew this was coming. And that's that's just where we're at. I hate to say it, Miko's a nice enough cat and he's not, he's a decent backup goalie. But as a starter, uh, it's just stopped working there for him. The team has lost belief and it has to change or nothing will change. Oilers are 8-2 and two against the Pacific Division this year, including two wins in Vegas, but they were a different team of that time. Could Calgary be the right... Uh, the right tonic one way or the other. So, I mean, for the for the fans that want to see changes, that, that might be the final straw. And conversely, for fans that want to see the team change their fortunes and win some games, could Calgary be the right team, Speck? You kind of hinted to that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's always a big game. It's a Saturday night. You know, it's. I wish it was a full house. It won't be. Uh, but, yeah, this is the – this is – you know, this is critical mass here for this organization. If we're not there yet, a visit by Calgary on a Saturday night will get you there. 
you know, if you thought Florida on Thursday was uh, had some negative emotions as the score piled up, you just wait and see if the same thing happens on Saturday. And conversely, if you you know if you get, I mean, who knows what happens in that game against Florida? If a couple of those pucks that just pop past the post go in in the first period, Bob. You know, who knows? I don't even remember what the Oilers looked like with a 2 nothing lead after one period. I don't even remember it. So maybe you get a break, right? Maybe, like, I'm not saying they're playing well. I'm not even saying they always deserve their breaks. But in the first period last night, they were exceptional, and they were by far the better team, and they did not get a break. And it went the other way in the last 40 minutes. But, you know, who knows what this team looks like, Bob, if they get a break early against Calgary and something goes in. Who knows? I'd love to see it once in a while just to remind ourselves what they look like with the lead. I can't remember the last time other than the Ottawa game I saw them with one. Mark, this text comes in saying, you media folk keep piling on Miko and it's ridiculous. The Oilers scored a total of zero goals yesterday. Do you want Miko scoring goals too? Ask spec that says the texter. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's no doubt. All right, you guys said it earlier in the interview, Bob. You can't win with zero goals, and that's what they got last night. So uh, there's, you know, listen, calling all Oilers, right? You find me a guy whose game you're happy with right now, Bob. You know, find me that guy who can look in the mirror and say, "Yeah, I'm playing pretty good." I'm not sure that guy exists. And, Mark, a couple more questions for you. Uh, this texter comes in saying, enough criticism already. The team needs fan support and encouragement. Stand behind them and cheer them. Win or lose, that comes to Ooh, us. Good for him. Uh, Mark in St. Albert says, Bob, uh, the clip that you just ran was useless. Well, thank you for that, uh, Mark in St. Albert. Uh, thank you for your... And, Mark, I have one for you. You know, we've, we've done a lot of forensic <laughs> discussion on the Edmonton Oilers here over, yeah. over the uh, course of... Uh, the last several years uh and there have been some tough days and uh part of uh part of what happens is criticism comes with the territory and, and we go into the, the discussions have you been following uh the the battle for control of the uh of rogers between the two family members for the control of the board would you care to comment on that mark <laughs> have a nice I day am. buddy i'm there for you i'm just having <laughs> uh, you know what bob i can't comment on it because i'm not following it yeah Don't ask me, uh, okay. i'm a contractor LS. those the folks who are vying for that job they wouldn't know me if they ran me over with their mercedes-benz pal <laughs> well if i had a mercedes someday spec i, I would consider running you i'm just kidding buddy i just wanted to have you know what we get to work in the toy department of life and you know uh the fans are up in arms and they're frustrated because they care because they're passionate and a game like last night where and you could see it coming mark and that last night was to me the classic case you had one team they're playing with confidence they believe in their goaltender their goaltenders their goaltender was just so so in his first two years in florida he's been terrific this year and you just knew that the orders had to find a way to get to him early because if they didn't, it might not happen. And conversely, when you took a look at the caliber of the first two goals that Florida scored, you're like, that's a team that's playing with confidence. It's firing on all cylinders. Let's now 9-1-1 one, one in their last 11 games. And the Oilers couldn't put the puck in the ocean right now. They look like you and Con Grakowski out in media hockey in 1991 when you got open nets and tap-ins when some guys that are skating are trying to give you some open looks. Man, it just happens. You know that, man. You know what it's like. 
When you're feeling well, it, you're going, you score, and you're getting stops. And when you're not, it's tough to work out. And you're in the crap. And that's what Edmonton's in right now, Spec. No, they are. And it's, like I said, they're not getting a break. And, you know, you look on the other side of the other bench last night, and they're watching their goalie play well. And they're watching their goalie hold them in and, and give them that chance. And they say to themselves, don't worry. We know we're going to get some goals here. And our goal is going to hold this thing together until we start scoring, and it gets them through the first period. And and the Oilers, conversely, they, no one liked the first couple of goals that went in, but but the texter is exactly right. You know, Florida managed six last night. Edmonton managed zero. So you know, I would say that that quote that Miko Koskinen gave to the Finnish reporter Tommy Seppala, a friend of mine over there in. in uh, I think he's in Turku, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, when Koskinen said, hey, look at the, I forget what the number was at that time, but he shot back at Dave Tippett and said, they've barely scored any goals while I've been in net. He's right, right? Koskinen's right. He's not getting any run support either. So don't forget that. There's, there, It's not a one-man game. And last I checked, they were supposed to have two of the biggest superstars in the game. Uh, getting shut out in that game doesn't look too good on anybody. All right. Great stuff, Spack. Thanks for your time. Sorry, right, Bobby. All right, uh, here's what we're going to do. That's Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing, Alberta, the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry. Uh, it is 151 in Edmonton. We'll wrap up Oilers now with this day in Oilers history when we return. The guy's a hell of a player. The Oilers going through a tough stretch right now. Leon Drysaddle, the Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames tomorrow night. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50-plus years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop recommendations. Mediterranean chicken. To list Dan Oilers history for New West travel, looking for a great Oilers roadie, we're going to Nashville. It is in April. Flair Airlines direct flight, $1,750, four nights in the hotel. Reach out to New West travel at newwesttravel.com. Back in the 630 Chat Studios, Cody Jansen. 1997, Kevin Lowe becomes the first player to appear in 1,000 games in an Oilers uniform when he played in 4-4 tie against the New York Rangers. He was the 27th player in NHL history to appear in 1,000 games with a single team. Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight from 6 to 8. We will have the City Ford Faceoff show tomorrow night at 6.30 with uh, Reed, Rob, uh, Camoon. It'll be Jack Michaels and myself on the call tomorrow night. The Oilers trying to get this run. They've dropped seven consecutive games, 0-5-2 and two during the stretch. Just 2-11-2 in the last 15. They host the Calgary Flames. Got to get a turnaround. Special thanks to everybody who took the time to Texas. Even if you were exasperated, frustrated, mad as hell, uh, you know, hey, appreciate it. Appreciate the passion. Have a wonderful weekend. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 chat afternoons, uh, 3 to 6 tonight with Jalen Nye. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.